You're listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast, talking Disney Plus's show, The Mandalorian, in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Mando cast. It is I, Jay Winger, and I am still by myself at present. Uh, while Chris has returned from his Thanksgiving vacation, we are keeping him quarantined just for everybody's safety. Uh, he's had a test. We're just waiting on the results. Hopefully he'll be back by next week. Uh, but for now, it is still just me running this solo. So, Mandalorian. Uh, last week, we... Got to see the live-action debut of Ahsoka Tano, and it was as glorious as everybody had been hoping it would be. Rosario Dawson did a fantastic job in the episode. I saw a few things online where people complained about one or two little things, like uh, that her montrails weren't long enough and stuff. There were a number of other little Easter eggs in the episode. Um, Morai, the little owl creature that was associated with her in Star Wars Rebels was spotted briefly in the scene just before she and Mando met. We learned Baby Yoda's name. He's called Grogu. I can just imagine all the various little uh, nicknames people are going to give him from that. Uh, I've taken to just calling him Gogurt, but uh, he's still probably going to just be Baby Yoda just like Mando, is still going to be Mando, even though we know his name is Din Djarin. Uh, of course, one of the other things that was uh, shocked the hell out of everybody last week was the fact, was the name drop of Grand Admiral Thrawn, the Imperial officer who was the, ended up being the big bad towards the end of Star Wars Rebels. A brilliant tactician, very, very dangerous enemy to have. Uh, his fate was left somewhat up in the air at the end of Rebels, just as was the fate of Ezra Bridger. So we don't know what's going on there. Uh, we don't know exactly why uh, Ahsoka is looking for Thrawn, unless she is looking for Thrawn as a way to try to find out what happened to Ezra. Very possible. Um, but at the end of the episode... You know, during the episode, Ahsoka basically said, I can't train Grogu because she worries that his connection to uh, Mando, the strong bond that they have, is going to be bad for him. That she worries that it will cause him to go down the dark path of the dark side, citing the, the fact that she has seen this happen to some of the best Jedi that she knew. She doesn't name names, but anybody that's watched the Star Wars Saga knows she's talking about Anakin, who became Darth Vader. Um, now, we don't know what the connection between Thrawn and Moff Gideon is. Uh, we don't know if Gideon is technically the one in charge because he's a Moff. It's, it's one of those things that's very much not entirely clear to most casual fans of Star Wars. I'm sure that there are... Star Wars nerds out there who have studied who have read every single book and devoured every single piece of expanded media that's out there that could answer this more easily but even then it's not always clear regardless we don't know the connection between Gideon and Thrawn uh, but knowing Thrawn is out there is definitely raises the stakes and but Ahsoka told Mando 
to go to the planet Tython, where there's a temple with a strong connection to the Force, to put Grogu on the seeing stone at the top of the mountain and have him reach out through the Force. And if there are any Jedi out there, she told him, they should, they should feel him. But she warns him there aren't many Jedi left. We know that Luke is still out there, because this takes place before the sequel trilogy, so Luke is still alive. I worry that there might be uh, dark side users out there that might pick pick up on that. <laughs> One of the other things that I found out uh, since watching the episode last week is that the planet Tython was in Knights of the Old Republic, or one of the Old Republic games, and it was the starting planet, the tutorial planet for the Jedi. So that's another case of them bringing something from expanded media that whose canonicity is somewhat in the air and bringing it into official canon. They did that with the Crate Dragon uh, in the first episode of the season, and now they're doing it with Tython. So we may see other references getting th- getting thrown out there. If Chris were here, I'm sure he'd probably bring up Darth Bane and some of the other characters from the uh, Star Wars games that he's aware of. But, so yeah, already pretty hyped. Uh, Want to find out what Gideon is up to with his, uh, whether they're Death Troopers or Dark Troopers or whatever they whatever they were whether he's just trying to make force sensitive soldiers like the shadow troopers from uh jedi knight 2 or if he's trying to just make uh or if it's actually him trying to make the snoke clones we don't know uh this episode chapter 14 i think from what i've seen online today it's called the tragedy and i suspect that i'm also we're also going to see boba fett pop up again again Details aren't entirely clear. I have avoided spoilers as much as possible. Uh, The blurb on Disney Plus just reads, The Mandalorian and Child Travel to an Ancient Site, which suggests that they might be going to Tython. However, the screenshot for the episode shows Mando back on Navarro and in the magistrate's office talking to Cara Dune. So might be going back to Navarro, which means they might cross paths with Gideon again, because Gideon knows that they've been there. There's an Imperial informant on Navarro. And so, yeah, there's a lot to, a lot to unpack. There's a lot going on. We're getting into the last few episodes of the, of the season. Probably we're going to have another two part, uh, finale if I have any guess, but yeah, so I'm eager to find out what's going on here. So, that about wraps up this intro. So, I will see you after the binge. Hey, while we're watching this episode, you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including J Bunny's Music Hub, the Race Nerd Podcast. Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Girls Who Like, and The Nerd Table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken. And I'm back. 
holy crap was this an episode. Um, so, <clears throat> they get to Tython, and Mando touches down, you know, they find the the henge with the seeing stone in it, he sets Baby Yoda down, and while he's waiting for Baby Yoda to basically do something, because... Mando thinks it's like some sort of uh, machine or whatever. He's looking for an on switch. Baby O is just sitting there, not doing anything. And then we see a ship arrive. And that ship is the Slave One. The ship of Boba Fett. Star Wars fans, I'm sure, while watching this episode, promptly started losing their shit. I am 100% certain of that. <clears throat> And by this point, Baby Yoda goes all golden child, starts, like, communing with the Force, you know, has, like, a full-on, like, beam of light shooting up out of the seeing stone that Mando can't get through. So he's like, I'll go uh, buy you some time, goes and encounters Boba Fett. Tamir Morrison, again, as Chris and I noted in episode one of this season, Tamir Morrison... Is the guy that played Django Fett in the prequel trilogy, and all the clones in the prequel trilogy, and in uh, edit the edited editions of the main trilogy later provided the voice for Boba Fett. And here, well, we see we finally get a better look at his face, and yeah, he's been through the wars. His face is all he's got a bunch of scars all over his head, and. He basically tells Man- tells Mando, "I want my armor back. It belongs to it belongs to me. It was given to me by my father." And then, further furthermore, establishes that it had been given to his father by Mando's forebears. Basically, meaning the Mandalorians gave Jango his armor. Later in the episode, also reveals that Jango fought in the Mandalorian civil wars. I don't know a whole lot about that aspect of Star Wars uh, history in the expanded universe settings or whatever it says a lot to me about what may have happened that caused like the children of the watch to maybe split off from main Mandalorian culture or something. It's not, I'm not sure, but it basically confirms Django got his armor legitimately. That was one of those things that I think in clone wars, the Mandalorians that we met emphasize that Django was not a real Mandalorian, which suggests to me that he got his armor uh, through fighting for the side that lost, probably. Regardless, uh, he tells, you know, Boba tells Mando, hey, give, you know, to basically give me my armor, or, you know, but because I have a sharpshooter up on that ridge, and if you try to, gu- if you try to shoot me, uh, they'll shoot also, Mando basically is like, I could kill, you know, I'm wearing Beskar. Uh, I could still drop you both, still drop you both by the time they pull that trigger. Boba says, they're not aiming at you. <laughs> and then we find out that the sharpshooter is Fennec Shand, the criminal that Mando and... Uh, the guy from the Gunslinger episode, whose name I can't remember right now, 
the cocky son of a bitch who ended up getting killed. Uh, turns out, yes, it confirms Spurs was Boba. And Boba saved Fennec. Turns out he she's now got some cybernetic implants or something. And but they basically everybody puts their weapons down all at the same time. Mando takes off his jetpack. And basically the the deal that Boba and Fennec make with Mando is give Boba his armor back and we'll make sure that the child is safe. Because they mention there's a pretty damn high price on Baby Yoda's head. While they're trying to negotiate, another ship arrives. It's an Imperial dropship. Bunch of stormtroopers start pouring out. Mando goes to try to get Baby Yoda. While Fennec and Boba start holding off the stormtroopers. And Fennec's a good shot. She's freaking aimbotting like crazy, which... You know, given she's part cyborg, given that she's a cyborg, could be literal. But Boba basically shows exactly why he was one of the most feared bounty hunters in the galaxy. Because while he only pretty much has a longbore rifle uh, that looks like it's a single shot, he's also carrying around one of the Tusken Raiders uh, Jaffa sticks, or whatever they're called. And he proves he can whoop some ass with that thing because he just starts kicking ass and impaling them on the spear end of the thing cracking their armor with just swinging around like a Louisville slugger or a freaking golf club it was damn (laughs) and eventually Mando and and the other uh, the others send the stormtroopers into retreat Boba, by this point, has gone back to the Razor Crest, gotten his armor, comes back, kicks a bunch of, bunch of ass with it, showing off all the various little gadgets he's got on it. He's got, like, a Deadshot-style uh, gun built into his gauntlet. He's got a couple of little mini-missile launchers in his knee pad. And, of course, he's got that big-ass rocket launcher on his back, which he uses to shoot down the dropships when they try to escape. <laughs> Blows up... Blasts one of them and it crashes into the other and they both go down, which led to a funny little moment as Mando says, "Nice shot," and Boba just goes, "I was aiming for the other one." <laughs> it was a it was a great great little bit of humor in an otherwise very very serious episode, but then it gets serious because those dropships are not something that are uh, hyperdrive capable. Moff Gideon's cruiser was there, and it shoots the Razor Crest. Boom! Blows it up completely. Which honestly shocked the hell out of me. But. And then we got confirmation on what the things that Gideon was overseeing the creation of were two episodes ago. They were indeed dark troopers. Again. Uh, this is them taking stuff from like the video games, which were part of the old canon, and now making them canon again. They send four of these dark troopers, which are essentially like Imperial Terminators in a sense. They're 
pretty damn scary looking. Uh, way scarier than I remember from the video game, but it's been probably about 20 years or so since I played the video, since I played the original Dark Forces. And even then it was like old school, like OG Doom style uh, pixel graphics. Um, but Dark Troopers land just as Baby Yoda finally stops commuting with the Force and just sort of falls asleep. One of them grabs grabs him and takes off. Boba, by this point, has gotten in his ship and is about ready to shoot him down when Mando calls him off. And then basically heads up to see what they're dealing with, sees an Imperial troop, uh, Imperial light cruiser, and is like, the Empire's back. And so Empire gets away, Gideon gets away with Baby Yoda. And... Next thing we see, Mando's basically picking through the wreckage of his ship. There's not a whole lot there. It got atomized. The only thing that survived was the little gear knob thing that Baby Yoda loves to play with. And we got a little scene of that earlier in the episode as Mando sort of took it from him and was like, all right, let's see you do it again. And Baby Yoda's playing with it. And then, and the only other thing that survived was the Beskar spear that Mando received last episode from Ahsoka Tano. He basically, uh, he then goes back to Boba and Fennec. Boba shows off a little thing, basically showing that the armor still has his DNA in it, or his chain code, as as he calls it. It's been in my armor for the last 25 years, and it's like, this is me. This is my father, Jango Fett. That's where we find out that uh, Django got it in the Mandalorian after the or during the Mandalorian civil wars. Mando finally acknowledges by the by the Mandalorian code it belongs to you, and he's like that fulfills our deal. And then Boba basically says no, it doesn't because the deal was we would guarantee we would see to the safety of the child. And now they're in the hands of the Empire. So. What do they do? They take Mando back to Navarro in the Slave One, where we find out where he does meet with Cara Dune, where we, and we find out that the little uh, medallion thing that uh, Carson gave her a few episodes ago was liter- a badge. It was literally her Marshal of the New Republic badge. It was basically uh, just Carson saying saying to her, hey, you're doing good work here. This will make it official that you're you know, so you won't run into any more trouble with us, I guess. Mando basically explains that he that he needs help. He's going after uh, that he's going after Gideon, and he's he needs and then he says, "I need you to look up somebody in the prison records." He wants Mayfeld, Bill Burr's character from last season, uh, the guy that got locked up at the end of the prison break episode, and. He, she basically tells Mando, "Hey, I hate the Empire as much as you, but you know, I, the badge says I gotta follow rules." And then Mando says, "They got the kid," and you can tell Cara Dune is ready to lace up and grab her gun and start whooping some ass. But the finale of the episode is on Gideon's ship as he goes to check on the, their quote unquote asset. A.K.A. Baby Yoda, 
who was basically going uh, ham on a couple of stormtroopers that were guarding him, just literally using his force powers to choke him and throw them around the cell. And Gideon just watches as eventually the two troopers uh, fall to the ground and Baby Yoda slumps over. And Gideon just... Giancarlo Esposito does a fantastic job being such an evil scumbag. He just sort of taunts Baby Yoda about how it's like, gotten better with that but it makes you oh so sleepy shows off the, the dark saber to him he's like have you ever seen one of these and he just and when baby yoda sort of reaches out for it he's like ah you're not ready to play with one of these yet you can put an eye out and they they stun baby yoda slap a couple of cuffs on uh restraints on him and is like call dr pershing encrypted call dr pershing we've got his donor Oh my god. I, this is like they are recanonizing so much stuff from the video games now, which I'm 100% for. There's a lot of stuff in the old in the video games that I would love to see pop up again. We don't know who or if Baby Yoda was able to get in contact with anyone <clears throat> through his golden child meditation on the rock. But if they're bringing in dark troopers, I God, if they make, if they recanonize Kyle Katarn, that will, I will probably start screaming my head off because I loved the Dark Four. I loved the Je- <clears throat> the Jedi Knight games. Excuse me, my voice suddenly went out on me. Uh, okay, so. We've got two more episodes left in the se- in the season. Next episode is presumably going to be Mando breaking Mayfeld out of prison or his uh, labor camp or wherever wherever he's been sentenced to. They specified where, but I can't remember the specifics right now. Which presumably means we're going to maybe meet some of the other uh, people that Mando screwed over. And there's also the, the whole fact that is Mayfeld necessarily going to want to help Mando? Where does uh, Mayfeld's loyalty really lie? He's ex-imperial because you know he was working with a bunch of criminals. We don't, but we don't know if he has any loyalty to the uh, to the imperial remnant that Gideon represents. And on top of all this, we've got it's like who, if anybody, did Baby Yoda manage to contact? What is Gideon? up to with Baby Yoda, you know, Dr. Pershing. What are they trying to do? Are they trying to create Snoke? Are they trying to make uh, force-sensitive clones of volunteers? You know, Grand Admiral Thrawn being being involved in all this also raises another question. As in the original Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn, there were... There was this race of... Well, race... A type of creature, I think they were called Yasselamari or something like that. Basically, these like tree sloths that repelled the force. Basically, somebody that wore one of these things on their on a backpack would be immune to force to force wielders. And 
there was another thing that Thrawn was involved in in the Thrawn trilogy. They ha- found a clone of a Jedi master from the old republic from the old republic, or at least pre uh, Galactic Civil War republic, named uh, Joros Kabath whose clone was basically insane. The, the intent was to make the clone the new emperor sort of thing. It's been years since I've read the books, but they were very good books. And like I said, they're recanonizing a whole lot of this stuff. And I'm loving how John Favreau and Dave Filoni are writing all this, especially uh, John Favreau. And the, and the direction of the episodes has been great. This one was uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez, which was awesome to see. (laughs) I kind of already knew that from stuff I saw online today before I was able to get home to watch this episode. But Mandalorian is so good. It is so good. Like I said last week, it is the best thing to happen to the Star Wars uh, franchise in a very long time. And I... I'm all for this becoming essentially the new sequel series to Rebels. Although I keep hearing talk that they may be doing a sequel series for Rebels. If they are, that's awesome also. Oh my god. I'm wondering if we're seeing the beginning of the First Order developing here. Or if we're going to see this Imperial Remnant fall. And then the First Order sort of rise from all this. Regardless. They are putting the pieces on the board for something big for not just the conclusion of this season but what's going to happen in season 3 because there's no way they're going to be able to wrap this up in a neat little bow for just a second season Mandalorian is the, is gotten everybody talking it's what's made Disney Plus viable for Disney or at least it made it viable for the first year and now that uh, Disney is shifting their uh, strategy for releasing new content that they're going to be using Disney Plus a lot more to release new movies and TV series and so and so on. Mandalorian is a, is a key part of all that, so they're not going to wrap this up in a neat little bow. They are going to go for a season three, and I'm very excited to see where that's going to lead because oh, it's just it is so so good. Um. I'm sure there's probably a lot more that I'm missing. Again, this is where I really wish I had uh, Chris around to bounce off of. And I'm really hoping that uh, he'll be released from quarantine by next week uh, so that we can have a nice big super episode to kick off the conclusion to the season with uh, the next episode, even though next episode is the penultimate episode of the season. It's still going to be really, really awesome. Uh, So, yeah. Mandalorian remains remains awesome. It still manages to get get you going, oh my god, with major events. Uh, I love it. I love it. But that about wraps it up for me. So, that concludes this edition of the MandoCast. I'm Jay Winger, and I will see you next time. This is the way. Thanks for listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast. Be sure to check out all the episodes of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, and 
give us a like and subscribe. This is the way.